Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to consider a new resource, Hands-On Entrepreneurship for Kids, which provides guidance to students who want to turn their big ideas into businesses. The resource specialist assigned to help you with this task is Patricia Klahar from Greenwich, Connecticut. Welcome to another installment of the Meet the Resources series, where I feature the educational equivalent of gecko gloves, smart contacts, or flute guns. Technology that has been created to make your impossible lessons actually possible. A reminder that Lesson Impossible receives no compensation for featuring resources, just the satisfaction of knowing that somewhere a student might be more engaged in their learning, or a teacher might be able to leave work a little bit earlier. This episode's guest, Patricia Klahar, uses her own background as a kid entrepreneur, as well as her MBA from the Columbia University Graduate School of Business, to act as a resource for schools wanting to explore student entrepreneurship. We spoke in early June over Zencaster. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and to share your really cool project. Do you mind starting off introducing yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Patricia Klahar. I'm an education enrichment specialist, and I focus on providing entrepreneurship education for kids and teenagers. So I provide in-person and online solutions for families, schools, or youth organizations that want to support young entrepreneurs. And how did you find yourself in this position? What was your path to teaching entrepreneurship? So I actually started teaching entrepreneurship in a school. I worked at a Montessori middle school several years ago, and they had this amazing program there. And I found it really interesting because I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs, and I've always had this internal uh, motivation to be an entrepreneur myself. So, you know, seeing it in a school was like really kind of awesome to just introduce this concept at such a young age and, and to let them do it and practice it and make real money. So after I worked in that program for about three years, I moved on from that school, but I was like a dog with a bone with this idea about teaching entrepreneurship to kids. And I knew that I wanted to get back to it somehow. And so the next few years after that was basically me figuring out how to get back there. And now I'm here. <laughs> I worked in a school where there was an entrepreneurship class. And my favorite part, because I, I was friends with the business teacher and the way the scheduling worked is that we had a, a lot of overlap in, in the kids. And it was really cool watching them go through that process of sparking an idea and being really confident and sure it was going to work. And then, you know, you'd see the the dip as they realized the different hurdles that they had to overcome and, and not everybody necessarily thought it was the best idea and working in a group. And of course, the exhilaration when they finally had the product in their hands that they designed. And it, it was such a, a real world example that these kids got to have with the guidance of a teacher. I, I just thought it was a fantastic program. 
Yeah, I think that's that's really why I love this as an activity, an academic activity for for kids and teenagers, because you're right. There are so many practical skills that these kids are going to learn and practice while they're doing something like this, like working with a group and, you know, compromising when, you know, people don't agree on what the path should be for this project. Um, There's a lot of social emotional learning that's also involved with a project like this, which I think, you know, just has so many applications beyond a project like this. So yeah, I think you're right, you know, to watch kids go through this experience is is really special and kind of unique, because it's not like the typical academic experiences that we see kids having. No, and even the outcome, you know, normally you think of, and although that's fortunately changing, but you think of school is almost transactional. Like I put in this work and then I get paid in grades, which I then apply to universities. The fact that there is higher stakes for one, but two, because I was having semester after semester of these kids come through and oftentimes as teachers, we were the, uh, the first people they were pitching to. And I was like, guys, I can't afford to buy everything. They, they, every semester is selling. And so, you know, just seeing them try and like woo the teachers and really talk to us in a way that I thought really kind of broke down barriers because it wasn't a teacher talking to their student. It was an entrepreneur talking to a customer. And I thought that was a really cool result of that as well. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think in a in a classroom or in a school setting, when um, when roles shift like that, sometimes I think there's a lot of value in that. You know, sometimes you're not just teacher and student. Sometimes sometimes you're uh, like mentor and mentee, which is a little bit different than teacher and student. Or sometimes you're you're almost like a friend, you know. And then sometimes you are a potential customer (laughs) if you have a project like this going on. And it just adds more dimension to your relationship. It's awesome. What are some of the favorite projects that you've worked on with students that come to mind for you? That's a good question. You know, I... I would probably say recently something that came up that I thought was really interesting and sweet was a young lady I spoke to. She's maybe around 12, 13 years old, and she she she's definitely a very like academic, intellectual type. I, I got that sense from her. Like she speaks four different languages and, you know, she's very into reading and like helping other kids read and things like that. So she had this idea that she wanted to have a reading club for kids over the summer so that they can, you know, keep practicing their reading skills and, you know, avoid summer slide, things like that. And I thought that was great. So we talked a little bit about how to make her idea unique and special. Basically, I was teaching her about niches and how a niche can make your product more appealing or more valuable to a specific target audience. So after thinking about that idea for a little bit, she said to me, you know what? You gave me a great idea. I want my reading club to be about 
she what did she say? She said she wanted to call it Books in Color because she wanted the theme to be about people of color and the history of people of color that we don't learn in school a lot of the times. And I thought that was such a such a sweet idea that she took this, you know, very solid business idea niche, which is important, you know, for a lot of businesses. And then she was able to kind of take her own experience and her own perspective on the world and and turn it into something that she was really excited about. And uh, I just thought that was so cute that she took that spin and um, and she's working on building that business right now. Oh, that's fantastic. That gives me the, the good chills. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so if I was a teacher who wanted to work with you or have my students work with you, Could you kind of walk me through how we would go about that? Yeah, sure. So there are a few ways that I can support entrepreneurship programs in school. One of the easiest ways is to do a one-off workshop. So I facilitate workshops for students and the workshop can have any theme you want. For a lot of the schools that I work with, the theme is just kind of introduction to entrepreneurship because they don't have anything like this in their school. But for some schools that are planning something a little bit more more extensive or more comprehensive, sometimes I'll do something that has the theme of generating business ideas because that's the first step. And that's really tricky for, for a lot of kids and teens to come up with an idea that isn't just something they're in love with, but something that potential customers will fall in love with. Um, So I do lots of one-off workshops like that. Um, Sometimes schools are further down the road with their own project and they'll bring me in to discuss a particular topic like marketing, sometimes social media marketing or, you know, specific niche business topics that they want their kids to learn about. If you want to do something a little bit more in-depth, then I do series workshops. So if you want to plan something that's a little bit more long-term and you want me to facilitate a series of workshops to to kind of fill out the, the program, then that's another way that I can work with people. And then the third way is if you really want to build something comprehensive in your school, I also offer training for educators. So I've worked in an entrepreneurship program in a school. And if other educators want that in their school, but they've never seen it modeled and they're not really sure how to make it a reality in their school, I can help them with the steps for how to make it play out in a, in a school environment. And even if they start that program and they feel like they need support along the way, like maybe they're meeting with students once a week And some of the questions that they're getting, they're not able to field them themselves. They could maybe use a hand inside, like co-teaching. I can also provide that. So those are kind of the main ways that I work with schools and youth organizations. But um, my services are very custom. So, you know, anything that I can do to help support programs like this, I'm absolutely willing to do because I'm just so committed in making sure this kind of education is more accessible to kids. You've worked with adult entrepreneurs and many child and teen entrepreneurs, what would you say is sort of places where you see similarities and places where you think there's differences either for good or for bad? That's an interesting question. I would definitely say the similarities are definitely that no matter whether you're an adult or a kid or a teenager, this journey is a roller coaster. It is, it is never a smooth ride. I, I, it, even if you're the most adorable five-year-old selling the most adorable 
product. I don't know what. There's always going to be bumps in the road and it's always going to be up and down. So that's something that just never changes. And kind of the, um, the excitement that comes from that, but also the frustration that comes from that. I see that across the board in young people, older people, that always happens. Differences. I would say that adults are more prone to reject the idea of create something on your own from scratch. Hmm. I think kids are often more open to that. Yeah, let me just do something new. Let me just try something different. Kids are more open to that. A lot of adults, I think we have this hang up of like how people will view us if we do something that's out of the ordinary or like outside the status quo. Or if we go outside of the status quo and we fail, how are people going to view us? Those are the things that adults are, are kind of, you know, stuck on a lot of the time that kids don't always worry about. So that's a difference I've seen. That's interesting. And I think one of those good reminders that we really need to make sure that we are fostering that in our kids and and making sure that we're not part of the problem of stamping that out of them. (laughs) And when it comes to starting a business, obviously you need capital to invest. For kids, is that coming from their parents, from school packs? Where are they getting the the money other than, I guess, their allowance? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. So so there are some kids I know who kind of, you know, they um, twirl away their, their an allowance until they have enough to start a business. I've seen people go that route. Bootstrapping, I always, um, I always advocate for bootstrapping a business. If kids don't have their own money, a lot of times, you know, a parent or another family member could be an angel investor. That's also very common. Uh, a lot of the businesses that I've seen kids started starting, uh, they don't require a lot of capital. So a lot of times the family usually is able to come together to, to provide enough of that initial investment to get them started. But I also do know some kids who have crowdfunded to start or to grow their business. In fact, I even know three kids who started a crowdfunding funding platform specifically for kid and teen entrepreneurs. So, I mean, that is an option also. And I talk about that a lot on my social media platforms because I think people need to realize that, you know, sometimes kids do have ideas that maybe require a little more capital and there are ways for them to get it without going to a bank or, you know, going to serious investors like venture capital or something like that. You know, crowdfunding is an option. So, um, you know, that's something to consider as well. And for kids that perhaps don't have access to traditional modes of financing, are there any like philanthropic or charitable foundations that listeners could donate to to help kids from disadvantaged backgrounds also get on the entrepreneurship train? You know what? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because the other thing that I've seen pretty common with kid and teen entrepreneurs is uh, they go to pitch competitions specifically for kids and teenagers, or sometimes they go to pitch competitions that are for adults, but they don't care. They just go. And sometimes they do really well and they get money from these competitions. I've seen that happen with some businesses also that are run by kids and teenagers. Um, There's an organization called Idea Tank for Kids that has a competition at the end of June. They're, they're giving away $1,500, I think, 
Um, there was one just last month they, they gave away some money. Every time I hear about these pitch competitions or business plan competitions, I always post about them to share because again, that's another, you know, opportunity to get to get some extra funding and grow your business. That's actually a good segue to how can people either get in contact with you or follow you on social media? The number one place to find me is my website. My website has resources available that you can download. So you can find my website at teachentrepreneurshipforkids.com. On there, you'll find a free playbook for kids and teens in business. It's a great introduction to entrepreneurship. And I also have other guides and resources like coaching that's available for kids and teens. On social media, Instagram is the hotspot. That's where I post all the time. So my handle on Instagram is hands on entrepreneurship for kids. And if you like Facebook, I am on Facebook as well. Also hands on entrepreneurship for kids. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share these opportunities and these really cool program ideas that I hope a lot of teachers that are listening are going to be thinking about pitching to their administrators. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Aviva. And I think you're right, you know, like this time of year, the school year's wrapping up, you know, teachers getting relaxed, but they're also starting to think about the next year. So if you're thinking about 2020, 2021, you know, this might be something that you want to think about and you can set up a free call if you want to talk about some ideas, 30 minutes, we can brainstorm and kind of get you on the right path to get started. And if I can provide services to help you beyond then, then we can talk about that too. So there you have it, Patricia Klahar of Hands-On Entrepreneurship for Kids on the value of introducing students of all ages to entrepreneurship. If you want to explore more featured resources, find out what innovative educators are doing around the world, or get in contact to suggest a future guest, go to LessonImpossible.com. And if you like the podcast, please consider forwarding it to your colleagues or reading and reviewing it on your podcast listening app. This has been Lesson Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin.